You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 316. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 316. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Dearest love. Well, hello, beautiful. You ready to talk to the audience? I am ready to talk about it. Taco about it. Taco about it. Nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice. We are really excited to bring you an awesome new show today. We're going to talk about something that came up in our private Facebook group. Do you like how I'm always saying our? Our private? Yeah. 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 That's that's a good, it's inclusive. It's That's right. It's mm-hmm. exclusive and inclusive. That's right. At Which the same is, time. That's kind of your tag, right? But I just, you know, I I was kind of reflecting on how. This all started for my business, and now I feel like that's this. Like I can't imagine it without you. (laughs) That's awesome. That's great. You know, and everybody loves you. Happy to be here. Yeah, I like contributing, and I like it helps me grow too. Like just hearing the different topics and hearing people's feedback on things, it it helps me grow too. So I love. I get more out of it than you do. Oh, you're. It's gonna hurt me more than. Stop it. That's (laughs) that's manipulation one on one. Everybody. That's it's. Funny that you mentioned that because I, I just, I'm grateful. And I remember the time when we had just recorded a pod. This was years ago, considering we've been doing this for over six years. And you and I got in sort of like a little spat, a little argument. And you were like, what did we just say on the pod? What did we just say on the pod? <laughs> right. I remember that. <laughs> anyway, so our Facebook group is called The Joy Junkie After Hours. And we have... Uh, a ton of great stuff that happens over there. I do a bonus training every single Thursday where you can submit questions and I sound off on it with a segment that we lovingly call Q and Slay. Slay. It's pretty awesome. It is awesome. And we also have a bunch of people who share different things that they're up against or things that they need help on. We have sort of like an open mic Tuesday. And somebody had mentioned, I'm really struggling with how to communicate and actually control my voice. Mm. I feel like one, because I'm so animated and because I get so worked up, it's incredibly hard for me to curb the bite in mm. my voice. Yeah. I've been talking to some of my students in Deep Down and Dirty as well about that. And I've come up with nine like kind of quick hacks to help you in the heat mm. of the moment. I love it. To quell a little bit of that that bite that we take on that usually elicits more bite from the other person. Absolutely. It usually doesn't go well. Bite begets bite. <laughs> that's what you're telling me. That's right. That's right. But I love we, a good hack, so that's amazing. You love a good hack? Mm-hmm. Well, you are quite the hack. In my day. Oh, in your day? We used to call them shortcuts. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> All right. Well, how about how about you take the mic over for a minute? Okay. Yeah? What do you want me to do with it? I think I... Oh, I know what you want. Oh, take it. A little segment we like to call. <laughs> Would you rather... You like that setup? 
I was I thought you wanted me to take it. Like, well, I'd like oh, you to you do a I segment, and then the I was like, oh nope, he's no, gonna take no, it. That was a double dribble. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Would you rather have your home city named after you, mm. or like the city you were born in, or your face on the hundred dollar bill? I think I'm gonna go. Well. I think I think it'd be so hilarious if it'd be like uh you with two thumbs up on a hundred dollar bill. Yeah, yeah. It's oh total joy junkie style. But it, it no, just the city being called like Amy, California. Like that's just doesn't I bet you there is an Amy somewhere. The, like, it, it's just not a Well you can call it Amyville or that, oh. Amy Town or something <laughs> like that. There's the there's the second part of it. Like if you choose that one, what is your city named? And it has to include your name. Ooh, I like that. Okay. What, what, oh, what about Smitty? Like Smittyville. Smitty City? <laughs> Smitty City. <laughs> How did I miss that? <laughs> How did I miss that? I mean. It's better than Shitty City. It's better than that. You're right. That's but sure. I literally set myself up and did not knock it down. Uh, that's what I'm here for. I know. I appreciate it. I'm here to smash the home runs. You toss them up. I smash them. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Out of the park. I, well. It would be cool. To have your name or your face on the hundred dollar bill. Well, my my thoughts are there is only there will be only a select group of people who know about the city versus everybody in the U.S. Like who's that on the hundred dollar bill? Oh, it's just Smitty. That's not a Benjamin. <laughs> That's a Kenjamin. <laughs> uh oh, they're gonna know your secret of what your Ooh, first name is. My secret identity is revealed. <laughs> oh, it's all about the Kenjis. <laughs> Yes, that is so true. It's finally catching on. That is cracking me up. So so maybe you do Kenjamin's and I do Smitty City. Smitty City, okay. <laughs> what is your city called and what would the $100 bill be called with your name on it? Yeah, so yeah. that's the stipulations they got to Depending share. on which one you pick. Right. Okay. Well, and what we're referring to, if you're not aware, over in the After Hours community, we talk about this on Mondays. Mondays, yes. And Mr. Smith kind of heads up that thread and makes sure that no one's pulling some loophole delights over there. And just having fun with everybody's comments. Yeah, it's great. It's more of that than it is regulating. That's true. That's true. Although you will crack down on a whip. I'll crack a whip. I'll crack a whip on a loophole. I'll break out a penal code. That's so true. Oh my gosh. So we would love to have you and have you connect with us over in that community. It's just a beautiful group of people. And I am in there all throughout the week and I run a pretty tight ship. So there's none of this like solicitation and trying to sell you shit of, please, you know, buy my protein shake and none of that is just, I can't. I don't know how many, how many grams of protein per scoop. (laughs) I might buy it. (laughs) If it's 20 plus, I'm in it. Like I, I'm here for it. I'm more like, give me the 30. All of you out yeah. there in MLMs, that is not an invitation. That is not an invitation, Do no. not slide into my DMs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So how about we talk a little bit about some of these communication hacks, specific, specifically around controlling your voice and the tone of your voice. And I don't know the specific statistics, but I do know that it's an overwhelming proportion or percentage of the way in which we communicate is is delivered through tone of voice and body language absolutely far more than through what we're actually saying verbally when you think about all sorts of things that people say you can say oh wow that's a really nice shirt or you can say oh wow a really nice shirt 
You know, I mean, you can change the tone of your voice and convey a completely different message. And that's why I think many times in relationships, whether they're intimate relationships with siblings, family, friends, colleagues, doesn't really matter. A lot of times people will say, well, I said that to him or I told her I said exactly that. And oftentimes I will say, how, how did you communicate that? It's more likely that your tone was communicating a very, very different message. Yeah. So you might think, oh yeah, I've been really explicit about that or I've shared that very clearly, but the message you're conveying is more so through your tone. And that might be a great question for you to ask yourself of what is my tone actually saying mm-hmm. versus what are my words saying? Yeah. The first thing that I do want to underline too here is that when we are in a conversation with somebody where we've gotten some sort of an un unexpected criticism or a comment that we weren't really ready for, or your partner wants to talk about something and you feel kind of caught off guard. A lot of times those situations, we feel an element of threat, especially if you feel like you need to explain yourself or, you know, if you're kind of caught off guard. In fact, we did, I'm going to link to this in the show notes. We did a podcast specifically on confrontation whether you are the one confronting or being confronted, there's tips and and strategies listed there for you as well. So check that out in the show notes page. But I think that what's interesting about this is when we feel threatened, we have this primitive response, fight, flee, freeze. freeze. So the way that that kind of transpires now is the fighting looks like defensiveness. It looks like retaliation. It looks like not really breathing or taking a second to gather what's really happening, gather the conversation, gather your own thoughts. And we're going to talk about a bunch of strategies here, but to really understand that what what I'm going to teach you and what I'm sharing with you is actually counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. Our intuition says, fight. We're primitively wired to do that. Our intuition, our body says either run away or get into all out combat. So, so think about that when you're at work, if you feel threatened by something that your boss says, of course, your first thought is justification or defense or to say, oh, well, I wouldn't have done that except this. So a lot of times then when we retaliate, our tone is incredibly Uh, is portraying a message we don't really want the other person to receive. For sure. And it just doesn't end up well most of the time. Uh, Everyone out there who ever yells and screams and resolves something, like, great, that's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) It's not very common. It's really, truly not very common. Yeah, that's true. Let's talk about a couple of things you can do. The first piece is very, very simple, and it just takes some awareness, and it is to take a deep breath and count to five before responding. Okay. This can be snide comments that your family makes at a family function. You know, those types of things, those are the hardest to get ahead of because your gut response, especially if that's the culture of the family where everyone's kind of a smart ass or, you know, everyone speaks really loudly or aggressively, you might have to start being the change agent there by taking a stand and saying, I'm not going to behave in that way anymore. Mm. But one of the ways to stop that retaliatory gut reaction is to just take a breath. If you can't make it all the way to five, fine, but taking a deep breath and just 
giving yourself a second to respond, that little bit of time can help you formulate how you actually want to attack this conversation and how what would be the best situation for you. The second tactic is really similar. And this is something that I I think is helpful when you've gotten into a conversation where you find your voice rising. You find yourself getting a little more emphatic, maybe a little more passionate, and you might be coming across in a little bit more of a biting way. This is to simply speak slowly. Okay. If you can combine those two, your money, right? Yeah. And just take a nice deep breath and then slowly say things. And I've I've been doing this a lot lately with you even, babe, where I want to be really intentional about how I'm coming across. And so I found myself just kind of saying things a little bit slower. I don't know if you notice it at all. I haven't. But I was kind of conversing with some people in after hours about it and some people in deep down and dirty. And, and I was thinking, that's a really great tip. I need to do it more (laughs) and allowing myself to just, you know, I want to really get this right. And then you can kind of give your disclaimers, you know, the things that you need to say, like this, me, this is really important to me to not take this out on you. Mm-hmm. But just speaking a little slower than you have normally or in the past. Okay. Yeah, that's, a, that's great. That also it doesn't just bring your tone down, but it also slows your mentality, your mental spin down a little bit. That's right. And when you slow that mental spin down, you think more clearly. When you think more clearly, you say things that you mean. That's right. I mean, that are more meaningful. If we're talking about sort of that difference between being in the sympathetic nervous system Yes. Being in that fight or flight place Mm -hmm. and then going into parasympathetic. Correct. Which is commonly referred to as tend and befriend or, oh, what I've heard other ones too, like calm and balm or something. I can't can't remember what it was. I'm messing it up. I'm just making shit up. I don't know if I've ever, all my years, I don't think I've heard those. All my years. In all your years, you (laughs) old man. The... The thing about that is, is when we are in that sympathetic response, we really are only thinking about fight or flight. And and it really is a survival thing. Like, yeah. how can I get out of this threat? We're not thinking about where the other person might be coming from or how we could do things better. Yeah. Or are we legitimately proud of how we've shown up? Or are there things that we want to improve upon we don't see that when we're just dealing with threat yeah you're in jab and move jab and move that's right yeah that's jab cross hook up (laughs) (laughs) some combo of that sort yeah a little kickboxing there for you Mm. oh so number three this is all about what we talk about on the pod most of the time which is acknowledging your emotional space and asking for what you need yeah absolutely this is something i have to really commend you on that you have gotten so good about owning where you are Mm. and, and then asking for what you need and saying like, I'm all talked out today. You know, I I really supported a lot of people today and I just need quiet. And I'm like, sweet. We'll talk about it later. No problem. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, the, the reason I'm better at it is because you allow for it. Oh, thanks, baby. So no, you. So, so. <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah. Well, can you can you guys feel me out there doing the heart symbol? Doing the Justin Bieber heart. The Justin Bieber heart. <laughs> You're a believer. 
I believe all right. Oh my goodness. So acknowledging your emotional space, this is also something that I feel I've worked on in the stance of instead of saying you are being irritating, I claim I am irritable. Yeah. Like I'm in a place where this is not a good time for us to discuss this financial matter or mm-hmm. the sex thing, or it's probably something that I, because of where I'm at emotionally, I'm going to get a little too heated and yeah. I'm going to have a tough time really controlling that tone. If you can start applying names to that and just claiming I'm exhausted, I'm overwhelmed, I'm really stressed out instead of you're being, you're asking too much, you're so needy, you're so irritating, mm-hmm. you're, and it, because we naturally, it's another defense. We naturally want to make it somebody else's fault. But if we can own where we are, then we can ask for what we need much easier, which is what you were saying or what you do so brilliantly, which is just saying, I can't have this conversation right now. And this oftentimes will happen when either one of the parties is either dealing with something else, like actually in the middle of another project or watching TV or doing something that they're actually involved in so that the distraction feels abrupt and rude. Mm. If you're like, here's what you did in it, you know, you're kind of laying into that other person. Or also when they've had a really, really tough day or they just had a tough conversation with a boss or a child or a sibling or just dealt with something stressful, those are usually not the time to bring up something really challenging Yeah, because it is really hard to control your tone in that mm-hmm. way. And conversely, when you just discover something upsetting, like something that one of your employees did or one of your colleagues did or one of your children, any parent out there knows the minute you find that they just scribbled all over the wall, that's the moment <laughs> you come unhinged. Yeah. And that's the minute you yell and scream and you're not doing all the things in the fucking parenting books and whatever you're supposed to do. <laughs> Lord knows you and I have no clue. But I think those are those moments. And we do that with our partners too. We do that when we found the bill that wasn't paid or it's, it's that heat of the moment. I want to respond and it yeah. always comes out aggressive. That's what I mean by acknowledging where you're at because Many times when we're angry, we feel as though our anger is so validated that we are allowed. Yeah. Like this person fucked up so bad, we're allowed to unleash a diatribe on them. <laughs> and of course you're allowed to feel what you feel, but most of the time communicating out of that, that tone and that fit, that manner will elicit a response you don't want. Mm-hmm. Energy will breed like energy. So if you go into a conversation combative, expect to get a combative response. For sure. I can't tell you how many students I've had through Deep Down and Dirty who have started to change the dynamics in their marriage simply by how they choose to engage or not engage with their partner. By just doing those things, by saying, hey, you know, I am super happy to talk to you about this. I'm in a really rough place today or I had a really intense talk with my boss. I want to, I want this to be as calm as possible. And I, I don't, I'm feeling charged. I feel like I would be snappy any chance we can table it. Right. Yeah. So we've got number one, take deep breaths and count to five before responding. Number two, speak slowly. Number three, acknowledge your emotional space and ask for what you need, which almost always is 
can we table this, <laughs> right? Like, can we move this to another time? Number four, this is also a physical one. And depending on who you're dealing with, you might be able to use just your fist or you might be able to do your entire body. But it's a simple clenching of either your fists or your entire muscle system mm. where it's it's a way for you to channel all of the intense emotion that you're feeling in the moment. So even huh. if you're at dinner with somebody and you can like clench your legs and, mm. you know, push them together as much as possible and then release them. Release. And release. <laughs> it is a tension relief. So it's one way for you to not have to leave the immediacy of the conversation. Maybe you're at a dinner or maybe you're dealing with a family and you're cornered in a kitchen or something like that. <laughs> but if you can clench your body and just give yourself a couple of seconds to breathe and you can even ask for what you need in those moments. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't really prepared for this. Give me a little second to wrap my head around what you just said. Taking that deep breath and then choosing to speak really slowly. And then when you speak, you might have to ask for what you need. You might have to say, I would love to discuss this. I'm a little caught off guard. I would like to discuss this possibly tomorrow. Or can I give you a call? Or at the very least, give me like 30 minutes. Something like that. Yeah. 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 That's so, great. That's what, that one, that's one has yeah. worked for well for us. Yeah. Yeah. Like the just. Take a step. Think it through. All right. Are you ready to talk about this? Yeah. It just kind of. The timeout. Diffuses the bomb. That's right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's one that I didn't, I sort of have it a little bit later and it's more like a, like a timeout, like just really understanding we're not getting anywhere. Gotcha. Because most of the time in the relationship, what we're arguing about is who's right. Mm-hmm. And we're arguing about a surface mm-hmm. issue. And we're arguing about like the bill that was not paid or, you know, the shoes being left out or it's the surface thing that we're upset about. But it usually the emotional current is about how we feel, what that symbolizes to us. For sure. So that's a little bit more in depth. But so number four is to try clenching your fists or your entire body and then release. You only have to hold it for a few seconds and then respond. So if you feel yourself getting fiery and you're about to create like a snide comment, that's when you want to just, oh, let me clench it up, clench it up, yeah. do some kegels, do whatever you need to do, <laughs> like clench legs, clench your butt. If you're standing, your butt is great, your legs are great, but as much as you can and then release, then respond. Gotcha. All right. Number five, this is kind of what you are alluding to a little bit, is to develop a code with the other person. Mm. And this only works in relationships where it's collaborative. So maybe it's a sibling, maybe it's a business partner, but where you've understood that when you get into heated conversations with one another, one person often feels attacked or you're trying to remedy your communication. Yeah. And you're, you're, you know that you get to this point that's kind of the point of no return and you know it ends up being this huge fight and you say shit you don't mean or that you do mean but you say it in the really nasty way mm-hmm. and you want to alleviate getting to that point you can come up with either a code word a code phrase a code gesture something that the two of you craft ahead of time not in the heat of a moment mm-hmm. not in the heat of the conversation but where you create this alliance ahead of time going okay uh, John Gottman, 
who is a huge pioneer in the field of relationship coaching, and I'll link to him in the show notes, he talks about a couple that would stick their tongue out at each other. And that was their symbol of like, okay, we need to like take the edge off here a little bit. I personally like the idea of saying or doing something silly, like really silly, or like something like the eagle flies at dawn or the flying monkeys are loose, something where it doesn't have anything. (laughs) It's not really related to what you're talking about, right? Or it could be something funny that the two of you really love. And could be your Wi-Fi passcode. It could be. Yeah, it could be um, the monkeys wearing a red shoe. That's right. A tale Um, of two smitties. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think we need a, a tale of two smitties break here right now. But it's something that has been developed by the two of you and you understand. So this is more so in a situation where there are ongoing issues in the relationship. Like there's an ongoing, we've reached this point of no return. And it's typically more intimate relationships where the two of you actually care about remedying your relationship, about yeah. remedying the communication. That doesn't always happen. And and I should have mentioned this at the, the top of the show Obviously, there's a whole arsenal of these that I'm giving you, giving to you. I want you to focus on trying one or two out in the, yeah, the ones that's that, a good point. you know, sure. the ones that feel the most applicable or the most easy to implement for you. Think about what those might look like. All the recovering perfectionists out there, you do not need to do all nine to be successful. You just need to find the ones that work well for you, that help you control your tone, that help you show up in a way that you're proud. All right, so number five is the develop a code with the other person. Number six, practice your responses and your phrases. It is amazing how much a simple rehearsal can help you deliver content and wording in a way that you are proud. And the way to think about this is to think about, and this is truly only for situations that you can get ahead of, but many of us can. We can think about, okay, my boss always does this that sets me off. This is when I can't control my tone or when I get feedback about it. This is the thing that my partner says or does where I tend to be sharp Mm -hmm. or acerbic. These are the things that my mom does or my family or my siblings or here's how family functions typically look. We can usually get ahead of it and go, well, I can anticipate a conversation about religion. I can anticipate a conversation (laughs) about the political climate, I can, you know, whatever it is, or that the TPS report, or the, we can usually calculate, think about how you want to respond differently, and actually rehearse it, practice it, stand in front of the mirror, think about the next time I feel threatened or in a corner about this issue, I'm going to say this instead, and practice it. Mm. Right? Yeah. That's uh that's what your book is gonna be about, right? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And do you teach that in your Deep Down and Dirty? Well, Deep Down and Dirty, the way that that is so helpful is people bring me their specific situations. I see. And, and I then you can tailor to ex- that. Exactly. So they'll tell me, like, here's what my partner said, or here's what's happening in my business, or here's what happened. How do I say this in a mm. way that that I can communicate this and still stand in my power, but also be, yeah. So that's really the huge benefit is having the mentorship alongside you with that. Right. 
But for those of you who aren't familiar, Deep Down and Dirty is my signature program. It's how it's the only way that I work with people. I got clear on this probably about a year ago and decided to get rid of any short programs or just one-off sessions and dedicate myself 100% to Deep Down and Dirty and truly get rooted in transformational experiences, getting people from the place of self-doubt, chronic people-pleasing, perfectionism, control, feeling like they are not enough and getting them to that place where they genuinely believe in their own worth. Mm. They're standing in their own confidence. And what happens when you are rooted in your own worthiness? It's pretty damn miraculous that I've seen people quit smoking. I've seen people start businesses. I've seen people also become coaches. I've seen them end very toxic family relationships, uninvite them to their wedding, things like that. So it can be incredibly powerful in changing like your relationship with your body, your relationship with money. But it's really truly for people out there who know I can't do any of those things until I get my shit straight with me. You know, I can't do, I can't even think about building a business until I'm not so paralyzed by fear of being an imposter. So if there are those of you listening who go, oh my God, I need something like this and grabbing a podcast here or there is just not doing it, then I really want you to go check out the joyjunkie.com slash workshop. And what that is, is it's basically a five shift masterclass that I'm teaching specifically on the components that happen in Deep Down and Dirty that truly make that transformational. Mm. Have a watch. It's completely free. Make sure you have a pen and paper, and then you'll see an opportunity to book a call with one of my strategy coaches if it's something that you want to pursue you know, further and you want to look at your specific situation and see if it's something that would completely change everything for you. And it sounds so fucking cliche, but I hear constantly that this changed my life Mm -hmm. because it's a perspective shift completely. It's believing that I'm valuable changes everything in your life. Absolutely. Changes everything from getting dressed to dealing with your boss to (laughs) how you pursue sex inside of a relationship. I mean, changes your perspective about everything. All right. So great question, Mr. Smith. You know, I do that. (laughs) All right. So number seven. Don't take the bait and refuse to engage. This is probably one of the most challenging ones. Oh, gosh, right? Now this is so tasty. Yeah. This is not typically when you're just kind of caught off guard by your boss. These are usually the, the partner, the spouse, or the family member, who, and sometimes friends, who specifically know what to say to get under your skin. Mm-hmm. And they are trying to get you going. Yeah. And a lot of times it's rooted in a relationship that has had that pattern for a significant amount of time. Sure, yeah. And you probably have not been the best on the other side either. Yeah, yeah. You probably hurled it right back. In those situations, it takes one person to actively change the pattern and say, I'm not going to continue speaking with you if you are going to keep hurling insults with me. I I do think we really need to talk about this topic, but I'm not going to do that until we can both calmly discuss it. I like it. You do not take the bait and you refuse to engage. And this is where you might have to walk away. I've done this with my brother before, Mm -hmm. like wanting to talk about guns, 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 guns. And we have a very different perspective on guns. (laughs) And I've told him, I will not continue to discuss this with you. And 
if you're going to be this heated and intense and it's just not, it's not going to work for me. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we've got take deep breaths, speak slowly, acknowledge your emotional space and ask for what you need. Try the clench. (laughs) Try the clench. That sounds dirty. Hashtag try the clench. (laughs) Uh, Develop a code (laughs) with the other person. Practice your responses. Don't take the bait and refuse to engage, but say it calmly and kindly. That's another place to, to enter in slowly. I understand that you're really upset about this. I completely get that. And I definitely want to address it. I don't think we're going to get anywhere this way. Yeah. You know, really calmly, right? All right. So number eight, circle back. This is going to be necessary for all of you who start with one of these two and then you get sucked in, like you take the bait and then you get going. (laughs) And We all do it. Whenever you learn a new tool or tactic or trick or personal development skill, it takes time. It's seriously like riding a bike. Like the you're going to fall. You're going to be fumbly. And then one day you're like, holy shit, I think I got it. I like to call this declaring the do-over. It's Mm. where you go, okay, I see the scenario of what just happened with me. I definitely see where I could have changed my communication. Here's what I'm going to do differently next time. But I first, I have to go apologize for my tone. Mm-hmm. And I've done this with with family members as well, where I've circled back after being really spiteful and have said, you know, I still feel very strongly about what we discussed. I feel, you know, I haven't really changed my stance. However, the way I delivered that was unacceptable and you didn't deserve that. And that's not going to help us bridge any gaps or come to any conclusions. And for that, I'm really, really sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great way to approach things. I think it's important, though, if you are a recovering people pleaser, the tendency when there's been unrest, and this happens a lot in in intimate partnerships, if your other the other partner never apologizes, oh for sure, you're the one who's like, "Gosh, I'm really sorry," and you say you're sorry for just being you, for feeling yeah, yeah. how you felt. No, 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 no. We're apologizing for the tone and the way you delivered it. Yeah, that's a good good point. Not for how you feel, Mm -hmm. not for your perspective, not for your stance that you were conveying, but rather how you conveyed it. So declaring the do-over, apologizing for your tone, but not apologizing for how you feel. And then finally, number nine, this is a little put yourself into the other person's shoes sort of situation. Ask yourself, how would I want to be spoken to? Hmm. If, if you are, if you were on the receiving end of you, (laughs) would that go well? Yeah. So the way you're going, I'm not raising my voice. I'm not, I'm not upset. You're raising your voice. Yeah, I'm not, I I wouldn't have to if you weren't doing that. Right, right, right. If, would you want to hear that? Would you be receptive to that? Would you be like, you're right. You're not raising your voice. It is all me. (laughs) No, that (laughs) never, ever fucking happens. Yeah. Unless you, unless the other person goes with a different type of tone. Oh, you're right. It's definitely not yeah, my fault. Sarcasm. Yeah, sure. exactly. Which can be just as detrimental. Absolutely. I oftentimes say, how would you respond to you? How would you respond mm-hmm. to you? Would it be receptive? Would it not be? And for a lot of us out there, sarcasm is like... The go-to. That's our original language. That's right. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's right. It's so true. And a lot of times it's based off a of family of origin. It's the part of our culture of our families. It's how we learn to defend ourselves. Mm-hmm. It can be the way we survived high school. Yeah. And or whatever it whatever. happens to be. Yeah. But th- these sort of concepts plus some of the physical like in the heat of the moment take breaths in the heat of the moment clench your fist in the heat of the moment count to five speak slowly pairing all of these various ones together in different combos could be extremely helpful for you so start thinking about which are the ones that i think would help me the most and also give yourself some compassion that you're you're trying something new you're really trying brand new patterns and that can take some time so if you have to do the do-over quite a few times fine fine you can do it i absolutely believe in you you can do it you can do it (laughs) (laughs) oh no all right so let's do a quick recap number one take deep breaths and count to five before responding Nice, Mr. Smith. Number two, speak slowly. I can do that. (laughs) That's more just kind of like breathing through your words and being conscious about what you're saying. (laughs) Number three, acknowledge your emotional space and ask for what you need. Number four, try the clench. Clench up your fist or your entire body or your legs or whatever. And and pelvic floor, you know. And pelvic floor, exactly. And (laughs) release. And then respond. Number five, if it's more of an intimate connection and you're working on your relationship, develop a code with the other person. It can be a hand gesture, preferably not something that's the universal sign of discontentment, (laughs) but, uh, you know, something silly, blow up your cheeks or I don't know, or have a word or a phrase, something like that. Yeah. Or like flick your earlobe twice. Right. Something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an, like an umpire or whatever? <laughs> Pinch their nipple. Wow. <laughs> but is it a green nipple? It's a lime green nipple. It's a lime green nipple. Yes. That tastes like limeade. <laughs> that was... throwback to another podcast. Another would you rather. Number seven, don't take the bait and refuse to engage, but do so very calmly and kindly. Number eight, circle back, declare the do-over, apologize for your tone, but not how you feel about the issue. Mm. And number nine, ask yourself, how would I want to be spoken to? How would I respond to me in this this tone, in this delivery? Yeah. Those are all huge. Anything else you wanted to throw in the mix, baby doll? Mm, I think the biggest one, the thing that stands out for me most, and this is something that I do in body work. Ooh. When I'm working on someone, I ask myself, would I enjoy this? Would this be something that I would want to have done? And the same thing applies with words. Yeah. Would I want these words spoken to me this way? Right. How would I respond? That one right there sticks out to me the most. Yeah. Like that's the one that grabs me and goes, mm-hmm. Well, you know, it made me think about, my dad used to do this thing with our dog when we were little, where he would, he would, it was such a perfect example of paraverbal and nonverbal skills versus actually verbally what you're saying. And so he would grab the dog and he would go, you're the stupidest, dumbest thing in the world. We're going to fry you up for dinner. And of course his body and his tone is telling a different language. Right. right and so, right, right. and the dog is going, <laughs> just eating it up. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you can even think about that with a child that you love or a pet that you love. And th- we're going to eat you for dinner. No, not, not that part, Uh-oh. but just, 
would my tone, would my child receive this tone well? Uh, would my dog receive this tone well? For sure. Or would yeah. they think, would my dog think he's in trouble or mm-hmm. she's in trouble? That's that, great. That might be a little. I do that with my inner yeah. critic too. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. How so? I have to speak differently to, well, I have different gremlins, but yeah. I have to speak different to them. Like one I have to talk to like a five-year-old. Right. Right. One I have to talk to like a bro. <laughs> right. I, I can be more slang with him. Um, but, you know, you just change your tone yeah. with with the personality you're working with. Right, mm-hmm. right. And, yeah, I definitely, I find that this, I hear this a lot with, with students in Deep Down and Dirty, that if you tend to be sort of, like, kind of gregarious and kind of a smartass, much like myself. Oh, you, do, you are? Shocker. Wow. A, a lot of times you will respond better to inner critic rebuttals that are sharper like that. Mm. Like, oh, well, look who decided to chat. (laughs) And like, oh, well, we're not going to be listening to you today. Or, oh, not helpful. Bye. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that where if that's your rhythm already in in language. so I wouldn't suggest doing that with your spouse, though. No, no. We we went on a little bit of a tangent there. But (laughs) hope, hope it was helpful. And we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Ms. Smith, out. Mmm.